Good afternoon. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local print media here in County Clare. We've got the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo spread out on the table and here with us. Uh, the programme is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Ruth, in based in Fecal, great photographer, and uh, you'll see her work in many of the papers. Round the table, we have uh, our usual panel. We have John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Good. Uh, you're, you're welcome, Jim. <laughs> and we have Pat O'Brien. I don't think you mean that, John. <laughs> Pat O'Brien, Pat, the, the one that we have to blame for this programme starting in the first place. Uh, Thanks, Jim. David Fleming. David, good to see you. Good to be back, Jim. Anyway, we look at the front pages of the papers today, and I suppose good news on the front page of the Clare Echo, historic gains at Shannon Airport. Um, and I suppose the story is that Shannon Airport has done better um, relatively as an airport than many other airports over, you know, to recover over the last year. David, you're looking at that, uh, wondering why Cork Airport isn't mentioned. Uh, Well, yes, well, the story is a good story, um, and I'll come back to the cork and the knock and and all the rest of them. A total of 1.34 million passengers chose Shannon during the first nine months of this year as it experienced a 14% increase, and that's this historic leap, as they're calling it, or the historic gain. And that compares to uh, the 19 figures. They're comparing 2019. Of course, you can't really compare with COVID years, but... Cork's traffic only increased by 5.6%, so not as much. Uh, Knock, uh, a measly 1.9, it would have to be said. And Dublin's, rather surprisingly, only only 1.2%. So, like, it it does show that Shannon has made an enormous recovery. Um, So, it's it's an outlier, and I suppose the obvious question is, is why. I make out, though, that... Shannon was started at a low base and it very quickly got back some of the Ryanair flights because we remember we were have been talking about over the last few years how Ryanair has been slowly rebuilding its portfolio of flights from the airport. And therefore, once you do that, and of course we saw the Delta, Delta coming back, we saw Aer Lingus doing their bit for the American transatlantic routes. Um, so and, I th- and going to Paris. As well. And going to Paris. So, <clears throat> whereas probably Dublin had all of those services anyway, so they had less likely to expand. And because Ryanair has chosen Shannon more than Cork or Knock, um, I think Shannon is benefiting. And uh, uh, when you think about the response of the people to the uh, constant request from the radio to please book through Shannon if you're going on holidays, if at all possible. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. And it appears like that there's the voice is being listened well, to. Well, once somewhat. once you put on services, I think people will aut- will automatically choose Shannon over other airports because of its the ease that you have, yeah. and and simply the proximity. I mean, in why would you why would you travel two hours when you could go twenty minutes or thirty minutes Absolutely. down the road? Absolutely. So, um, well, a bit of local, a bit of local, um, you know. I think patriotism. Attaching to it as yeah. well. It, it does say on uh, Porig's piece there, uh, which is continued on page 14, um, 
Air Service One, who, which is an aviation publication. I suspect if you were big into aviation, you'd be subscribing to Air Service One. But Air Service One commented, as the world increasingly returns to normal from the devastating pandemic, it is great to see Shannon Airport leading the way in Ireland, helped by big Ryanair growth. So they too acknowledge that the mm. airport welcomed 14% more passengers um, than in 2019. It is among the best recovered of European airports. So it's not just an Irish record. It's mm. a, it seems to be a European-wide phen- yeah. uh, episode. Yeah, I remember a few times, I remember going to Bratislava and there was no flight from Shannon to Bratislava. So I got a flight from Shannon to um, Stansted and a couple of hours wait and the flight to Bratislava. Now, Ryanair, don't do, they do point to point, so they don't guarantee you connections. Yeah. But um, if you leave enough time between yeah. them, they should be fine. But, um, you know, that's another possibility it is. from Shannon. It mm. is. And, and the fact that they're connected to Charles de Gaulle, Pat, mm. mean, Charles de Gaulle is one of Europe's, as it says here, one of Europe's busiest mm. airports. So you could, you could, you know, Heathrow and on to the rest of the world. Yeah. Or you now have the option of going to de Gaulle. And on to the rest of the world. Yeah, and Delta are coming back in in um, May next year as well. And I think the 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 the, the latest one from from De Gaulle to Shannon is is going to link in with the the transatlantic one. So if someone wants to come from from Paris and they want to travel on another they, Shannon a, story, another, link. another Shannon story that's in the paper, Pat, are uh, farmers are a little um, put out by the fact that, uh, where is it? It's on page 21 in the Clare Echo. Uh, they proposed, or just suggested, I suppose, uh, the, the spur to Shannon from the Ennis-Limerick railway line, a spur to Shannon, which would connect, which would be the only airport in Ireland, I think, connected uh, to the rail network. Um, but farmers are in a bit of limbo when it comes to will their farms be compulsorily purchased or parts of their farm when and if this thing goes ahead. Yeah, there's a uh, the story here, Parik has it here in, on page 21 of the Echo. Uncertainty over Shannon Airport Rail Link is holding farmers to ransom. Farmers and Clare have been held to ransom over the uncertainty of whether a rail link to Shannon Airport will come to fruition when the economics of the spore have been questioned by Sparling Mahan. 30 recommendations aimed at enhancing Ireland's rail network have been included in a draft of All Island Rail Strategy re- Review, which was published in July. The strategy from the Department of Transport is aiming to deliver a 26 billion investment in the country's transport infrastructure over the next 25 years. Now, if you read the article, um, there's a lot of tune and thrown, but uh, when you go back to the very end of it here, Shannon, in the most experienced councillor, Pat McMahon, being a father, said the day of a railing to Shannon Airport would not arrive. At every opportunity, I can go to Dublin or Cork on the train because I love trains. There is no train going into Dublin Airport. It's, it won't change. We all aspire and wish to, wish to train, wish the train would go to, into Shannon. He added, farmers have been impounded for a long, for a bit long. Not able to extend their farms, let alone house, houses. It's very unfair. I don't think we will get it. A train into Shannon. I wish we could. It would happen, but I think the Greens aspiration in economics. No, I, I'm thinking that the, the, the probably the, a strong point he makes in that article 
is that there is no link between Dublin City and Dublin Airport. Yeah. So you could go, you could have all the trains in the world going from Shannon Airport to Dublin, but okay. Dublin is the city, and there is no there is no indication. Sure they, they've been talking about this yeah, the Metrolink yeah. for for decades at this stage, but I, I think sure if you have your own people our own Republic representatives mm. being so pessimistic about this. Uh, sure, you're on a hiding to nowhere, as we might say in Cork. Um, well, you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. <laughs> and listen, yeah. the rail link from Limerick to Fines Port yes. has started and will be open, I think, next year, two years' time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people like him were also saying, oh, we'll never see that. Mm. We'll never see that. But you can't, like, I mean, nay saying it. Now, the other thing... I have a problem with this holding farmers to ransom. It doesn't explain how the. I don't. It doesn't know. Like you can graze your cows and graze your cattle on the land intended for the score. But is is the suggestion that they're somehow planning to build something on the site, or will it be like? What yeah. do you think about that, Pat? I think that, uh, that could take an awful long time, and I, I, I think I don't know. I don't know. Have they have they have they plans? Have they planned out already? I don't think they have. I never heard of it being, being, being. Well, they, uh, they probably got, have a rough route, maybe. Yeah, mm. and um, it's going to be a straight line between Limerick and Shannon, roughly. You'd have to think that, that the powers that be will put a line to Dublin Airport first. Yeah, you would before they. It, yeah. But I put I put the fines thing to you again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's it is an example, probably for the first time since the nineteen. Now, apart from the uh, the 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 Western Corridor route, yeah. which was probably amongst the first um, rail since the since new rail since the nineteen sixties, mm-hmm. um, that was only reopening something. The spur would be a new rail line, I'd say. But mm. like, if you come out to uh, to to the market or, or, or six mile bridge or, or along the market, you you bring the spur from the market into Shannon. Yeah. There. yeah, yeah. But I I can't understand why. We put in a, a huge amount of ro- a, a road network all around Shannon there back in, in 20 years ago or 25 mm-hmm. years ago. And we never left any 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 space for a, a rail a rail that line into Shannon, which should have been done. What does Luke say about planning? planning. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> I think Luke is right on the planning because... But uh, the reason for it, the people at that time had no faith in railways. They didn't think about railways. They didn't want railways. And therefore, they were never going to plan for railways. I mean, Mm. since the 1960s, this country has decided that railways were not part of our future. Mm. Mm -hmm. Is it also Mm. uh, something I think of in in Dublin? Why uh, a a metro to the airport? Why not light rail? Mm. Because you can bring as many people on light rail as you can. Maybe not as fast, Mm. but Mm. I mean, the the cost of the metro... Mm. Uh, I, I I don't know, Jim, and I I would tend to agree with you that it's probably now whether it's simply that there is no obvious route and there would be multiple compulsory purchases of very expensive houses. Mm. Maybe that's the reason. But if you're going to put in a tunnel, that's also going to be expensive. Oh, savage expensive. Yeah, billions. Okay. Are going to billions. Mm. We we'll go on. Uh, staying, I suppose, with traffic, we have traffic returns to the centre of Ennis. Um, I know I I've been. To Ennis, I go to Ennis quite a bit, just for no particular reason, maybe sometimes for a coffee or sometimes just to walk around or get bits and pieces. Um, I, it, it's, tra- it's strange going down through the centre of O'Connell Street mm. in Ennis with no traffic. Um, do you mean you, you, you like the traffic or you want the traffic back? Or what do no, you, what I just do you think say? it's strange. <laughs> I suppose the business people are very anxious for the traffic back in Ennis Town Centre and, and you'd have to listen to them. 
Could somebody could somebody here explain to me, or maybe there's um there's a listener out there who who could phone in and t- and email us or WhatsApp us. If I'm driving my car down O'Connell Street, now renewed or driving up O'Connell Street, mm-hmm. am I going to stop outside a shop and 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 buy something? No, or not. So what is the advantage of me? spaces. A few. You'd be very lucky, I'd say. Very few, yeah. What is the advantage to the businesses for cars going up O'Connell Street? I don't, unless maybe if you were bringing your grandmother in for something. And I'd 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 drop her off, is it? Drop her off at a shop and and I can't see any other. (laughs) Maybe Pat and John could enlighten us. I'd say, Pat, now you'd be a big supporter of this move to restore traffic. But I, yeah, I, I've, I've, I have no real, real, real hunchback one, one, one way or the other. But um, yeah, I, I, I would be totally against uh, taking away all the parking spaces. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so and okay, building, you building, drive. We go and, on and building high elephants. <laughs> yes. There's another, there's another article there. I don't know which one the papers. Would, would you agree? Before you leave that one, would you agree that well, what Jerry Man- Mannion is saying, he believes that uh, a balance is needed. And he says, experience, it's a quote him, uh, shows full-time permanent pedestrianisation would be the death knell for many businesses on the street. Now, I'm always struck by the depth of that type of comment because, you see, it cuts out any further uh, discourse on the issue. Mm. It's decided. Um, so I, I wonder, well, how did he come to the conclusion yeah. That would be the death knell for many businesses. I'd ask the same question, John. And the fact that it has been pedestrianised since 2019, 2020, yeah. have, have any businesses closed on the main street? How have they been affected? If so, if they have been affected, how how, how have they been? But death knell suggests businesses closing down. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 well, there is lots of business premises and inners closed. But it might, 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 mightn't be to do, though, with the traffic. Maybe not, but they'll be able to, I suppose, when, when traffic is moving and when people are on the street, maybe there's uh, more hustle and bustle and there's a bit more. Uh, when, you're, when you're walking down a kind of street now with no traffic, uh, it's very quiet. Yeah, it is very strange, it is. It's quiet. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, the there's, only there's thing I, was, I will say about, you know, the menus and... and um, I think I was in Flannans with a few of them, but uh, they're they're a long-standing business in in us, and uh, I would have to say that even if I don't understand why, they must know what they're talking about. But I wish they might. Well, I wish they might tell us how their thinking is, rather than coming out with fairly emotive language like death knell. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, um, full time. We know that full time permanent pedestrianisation in some places actually does work. Look up in Galway. Look at Shop Street. Pedestrianised since probably the nineties, John, or the eighties. I don't know when. Mm -hmm. And it is one of the most energetic. Um, and you go to some of those businesses and ask them, yeah, would we bring the cars back? And they'll tell you, go and jump for yourself. Yeah, by the, the same about Grafton Street. And Grafton yeah, is another the, So, so it, it works in certain places. But when you look, at, you look at the Galway example you just mentioned there, the um, uh, amount of people who live in the actual heart of mm. Galway is very different to the tradition of living in the heart of Ennis. Mm. So mm. therefore, drawing parallels between, uh, let us say, Galway 
and 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 perhaps a bit misleading. But I would say. say that most people who are walking up and down Shop Street in Galway are not well. They're residents, but they're a lot of them are shoppers doing their business. Okay. Now I'll tell you where it doesn't work. It's wide. It is nice and wide. It is. Tell you where it hasn't worked in Limerick City, where on Cruises Street that was pedestrianised in the nineteen. And 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 yes, I'm reminded too that that is quite narrow. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. we okay. it, it, it works in some places and it doesn't uh, work in. Related article there, Jim. It's in page twelve of the twelve million in its makeover. Now it is in board papers. Uh, work is in one of the largest public infrastructure projects to be undertaken in Innes in decades is set to get underway early next week. Clare County Council has turned into the first phase of work to enhance the streetscape of High Street, Bank Place, O'Connor Square, O'Connor Street, Old Bank Street, Bank Square and Innes will commence on Monday, October 23rd. Funding of 8, funding of 8 million, 744 has been approved for the project B of Innes Public Realm regeneration strategy following the successful delivery of significant Willem enhancements at St. Street and Town Landways. Now, it's not too far, it's not too, too many years ago since, since all that was cleared. You can actually see there where the fellas, just near the old ground hotel there, and the, the fellas are, are standing there on the, on the, on the, on the uh, and it's all curbed. Is all this thing going to be ripped up again now and re- redone? Yes, and to be done again in a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not too long since they've done Barrick Street. I'd entirely agree with you, Pat. I think, uh, it's, I think it is a waste of complete waste of money. It is it? a waste of our money, of mm. public money, and our property tax going to these things as too. Uh, this, that street looks pretty good. It says there about putting cables underground. I don't see any, I don't see any overhead cables. But I think, you know, councils have particular budgets and sections within within yeah. the council have particular budgets mm. and they're given it every year and then they um, and these, they uh, want to spend it. Is this part of NS40? No. No, no it's what? So we have another agency yeah. handling... You know, the council... Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. 12 million to, to, yeah. to rip up the place and... and, I, and I, 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 I'm struggling with the logic of that. Perhaps you, someone could enlighten me. Well, John, it's What's not, the it's rationale behind that? There doesn't seem to be one. There doesn't seem to be one. Because That's serious, Jason, though. I can remember, and Jim probably, you couldn't remember being in Ennis, and they, when, they, when they paved all... Yes. If you walk down O'Connor Street in, 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 in Ennis, it's all paved. It is, and, and that's, that's, and that's recent, not that long ago. It's and within recent, the last seven or eight years. And recently say. paved, and around the square in Ennis, they put down all those, all those uh, slabs around uh, Daniel O'Connor and you have all that area there around. Uh, yes. And now it's going to be all... And in Derek Street as well. Okay, we'll go on. Peter Hurling gets a mention there uh, on the front page, the Clare Champion as well, just to draw your attention to it. Clare Hurlers set for a tilt at the title. And um, I've never been to a wheelchair hurling. I never knew that. Yeah, I knew that. I know what you just said. Yes, we had had a man, um, Pat uh, Tierney. Tierney, and from down Pat's country. Yeah. Yeah, he was a hurler with the mills. And when he he met with an accident, ended up in a wheelchair, and he took to wheelchair basketball, representing Ireland at wheelchair basketball and following on that coaching teams at wheelchair. But he did tell us here on the in on the sports program that he couldn't, he he hadn't the heart to to go wheelchair hurling. It's something he had done as a. Yeah. You know, able-bodied mm. person, um, but he just didn't want to go at it. But obviously, there are loads of people who do it.
So fair play. To yeah, there's a couple of girls from Clare, and uh, it's a monster. It's, I think it's monster Leinster Connacht and Ulster probably. They're, they're probably four teams, and there's Adele Morrissey from Cora Clare, and uh, another girl from Rowan. She's all had on, and they're they're part of the of the squad. And the and the and they're pictured there on page page yeah. two, and it appears. It appears that it's an indoor sport. Oh, it's an indoor, yeah. yeah, it's indoor sport. Yeah, yeah. but I know because wheelchair it, basketball can be very rough. Mm. Oh, it can. And there's wheelchair rugby. And there's wheelchair. Yeah. She was watching it last night on, on Sky. Wheelchair rugby. Yeah. Oh my wheelchair god. Rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Wheelchair rugby. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd imagine wheelchair yeah. hurling is no different. Uh, no, there's yeah. plenty of skeleton. You either take the player out, or they will take you. Is yeah. <laughs> hidden here on the in the second page. John, yeah. Corkham Row Abbey is uh, oh, facing a bit of threat. What do you think of that? Well, I, coincidentally, I had visitors uh, uh, a couple of months back and uh, we, as part of our tour of the burn, we started at Corkham Row. Yeah, it's right. a lovely, lovely abbey. Lovely. Lovely, uh, lovely sunny day. Mm. It was at its almighty best. Beautiful. And, and what's the problem? The paper, well, to open the paper today and uh, to, see, to see that the weddings mm. are being held in the graveyard. Mm. And the logic of that is chairs are left down on top of graves and there's a lot of rubbish being left behind. Mm. The Office of Public Works... It's page 10, by the way, in the Clare Echo. Yeah. yeah, and page 3 in the yeah. It's a ruin, like for people who may not know it, it's a ruin. It is. Corkham Row Abbey is a, a, a medieval um, structure. Structure. Yeah. yeah. In 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 fine form. And and fine right form. beside the burn because you can there's a lovely it's picture on page ten of yeah. the of the echo and page three of the uh of the champion. Before you go to that, uh, David, the um idea only started apparently in the last twelve months. Mm. And it's, and it's enough of the public works uh, responsibility. Yeah. And they do give permission to enter certain sites for celebratory purposes. Yes. They won't for Corkham Corkhamro is cut out yeah. altogether. Yes, but it's certainly banned now anyway yeah. because the, the graves. So what do you think? But you I think can't understand why you would have a humanist and a civil ceremony in a religious structure. Yeah, I was thinking exactly yeah. the same yeah. thing. Because, yeah. sure, why wouldn't you go to a, re- a, pr- a church with a roof on it rather than a church with no roof on it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I know it's deconsecrated. It's but people's yeah. choice where they get married, and if someone is. doesn't want to get married yeah. in the in the church setting with yeah. with the priest, but yeah. as you say, David, to go to a, an ancient church yeah. is is a bit. <laughs> so, what would you say to the That's those who would object to our point of view? Who'd object to the our point of view that they should no way should there be any? Well, if yeah. they're damaging the place, there shouldn't. There shouldn't. They no. shouldn't. Well, a- anybody, whoever it is. It but, uh, but wait we, a minute! It's impossible. You either stay away from the uh, from the abbey. Yeah. Uh, or you go in. If you go in, you're walking on graves. But it appears that they're bringing in chairs, are, and yeah. that's but what's doing the damage. And putting those down. Yeah, yeah and that appears they're not looking for. You have to go to the civil marriage. Uh, uh, some, there's some, there's some, the registry. There's some, yeah, registry that you go to to get permission, and people yeah. haven't, haven't given yeah. permission. I wonder yeah. is whole yeah. is Inishkaltra ever abused in that way? Well, it, it, the church know. in Inishkaltra is usually locked up. Um, but I got access to it. Uh, well, it was open. The, the, the iron grill was open there. But um, 
But uh, I, I know someone who got married in Inniscalt. <laughs> really? Yes. I thought there was things happening out in I won't. Daughter, daughter Brian Baru. No, no, in recent times. Oh, no, you wouldn't dream of mentioning who it was, and uh, no. it wouldn't be our place to do that. Yeah. I thought there was things happening out in Inniscalt though, one time in the ancient times that uh, wouldn't. The church <laughs> frowned upon. Well, it wasn't in the ancient times at all. It was only about It was very recent. And they were going but to talk. The tipper, it, I blame the tipperaries for that. <laughs> yes, they, they came well, across they in came their droves. Uh, yeah. They were and meeting the, the Clare people and they went wild. They abducted our people. <laughs> Listen, we'll go on. Uh, <laughs> 665 complaints of antisocial behaviour in Clare. Yeah. David, I wonder were there any of those in Tungraney? <laughs> I uh, know uh, the people in Tumgraney wouldn't be antisocial at all. We'd be very, we'd be very calm and sensible. This is a story by Owen Ryan on page three, and it arose when uh, local councillor Pat McMahon asked the county council to outline the policy on tenants. So, pe- pe- the county council's tenants who breach tenancy agreements and the steps that can be taken to end their tenancy, and um, the report was duly submitted. And it appears that there are, if you if you are um, a county council tenant or social yes. housing tenant, there are forty conditions contained within those agreements that you're obliged to sign up to if you if you get a house, um, including you know things like rent payments, maintenance and upkeep of the property, refuse collection, unauthorized occupants, keeping of pets responsibilities of tenants and antisocial behaviour and it's the antisocial behaviour that is the target of this particular thing and there is a specific office within the council called the estate liaison officers and tenancy enforcement officers you don't want to be coming across those I'd say um, where there is a breach of any of these regulations and the long and the short of it is they talk to you they give you warnings if, if you've been a, if you've an antisocial issue and it is reported to the council. Um, you're given a warning. Um, you could be you could be ex- uh, receive an exclusion order. I'm not sure what they are. Um, and up to getting possession, you can be evicted. Yeah, in other words, we don't. They don't tell us how many. Uh, uh, evictions they don't but they do say that some have happened and that it is expensive and you have to go before the courts so this year there were 665 antisocial behaviour complaints with a total of 105 tenancy notification and warning letters you see you have to go through the process first you can't just go straight to the eviction so you you give your warnings and then it also says here we have also referred a number of cases to our legal team to seek repossession it doesn't say John as you brought rightly pointed out how many, um, with some successfully granted through the district court and a number of other cases presently before the court for consideration this month. So is it one? Is it two? Is it three? Like 665 is an awful lot of antisocial reports and 105 then tenancy notifications, you know, warnings in other other words. I suppose the 665 would have a number of repeat cases as well. I so, suspect yeah. so. It probably yeah. isn't 665 different individuals. individuals. No, it, yeah. it, it could be one individual and there could be a hundred. Yeah. Speaking of the, the council responsibility with regard to the uh, to their house housing um, there's something happening in an estate in Scarf where the oxide of iron, is oxide of iron, the red that comes through the, the cement okay and of course, it, it's it's an ugly situation, and it's it is also 
uh, most non aesthetic, if mm. I put it yeah. like that. It doesn't look well anyway. It does not look no. well. And no. it's unfair to the the uh, owners or renters, whatever they are. And and I'd be saying that the council have to look at at that. You can see it with your with your eyes. Uh, no problem at all. Um, so the oxide of iron exuding, coming out through the, the, the cement and plaster, ugly sight. Why should the actual renter have to carry the responsibility for that? for that? Presumably there must be some kind of a, a blocking thing, like stain block, for example, yeah, there that is. you might use on your ceiling. There is, there and, is. And you can paint over that Yes, then. yeah. So we'll be asking uh, our our... Uh, our public representatives to to help out and in that okay. regard. Joe Cooney should be well able to deal with it anyway. <laughs> he should. Of all of the councillors. <laughs> yeah. He'd yeah. do it himself. He yeah, would. He would. <laughs> he would. Okay. Uh, the chain inside his pocket. No. Uh, we're coming up to Halloween uh, next weekend um, and there are quite a number, John, of uh, areas or of articles and pieces in the both papers which you know, issue warnings about Halloween. Well, the first one that comes to mind is is injury um, through the use of fire. Yeah. Um, so, while we, we appeal, and we do it every year, we appeal to the young people, be careful around and with fires during Halloween. Uh, the the beginning of Halloween, the the opening to the to the old world uh, in Uivnagat, the cave of the cats in Rathcrohan, which marks the first recorded instance of uh, what do you, what are we saying? Um, You're talking about the the passage from the this world to the, the next world. Yes, yeah. and. Uh, and I wonder what connection does the the Catholic um, uh, celebration on the first of November and the second of November uh, to what that it owes something to the actual pre-Christian? Oh, I'd say yeah. it's it's yeah. directly connected. It's just it's just building on it. It's a building on it. Yeah. Have you any of you been to the the cave of the cats? I wouldn't like Rath to go Kron. into a cave full of cats. <laughs> You won't if if you see one of them, uh, you'd be uh, a major, to be a major achievement. Um, we would have grown up with uh, summer access to the cave of the cats. Well, no, we in, would have grown Rath, up here with, with uh, the well of the cats, John. The well, Tubernagat. Tubernagat. Oh, that's right. That, that. <laughs> Which is not that far from where you live. No, uh, currently. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, the main question is, we're pleading aren't we, with parents to be, be careful yeah, with the mm-hmm. children. We do not want anybody hurt. No. And people do get hurt. And we don't want to be reporting on this station on any accidents no. Yeah. that no. may happen during... And I suppose the, the, the more, um, what do you call the things they let off? Fireworks. The, the fireworks. fireworks. And they're very serious. And, and they, they can go off in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Hands, yeah. And fingers mm. not blown away. Yeah. Mm. Okay, listen, we've reached half time. Um, we've just gone past half time the last minute or so has been injury time so uh, Pat 
what bit of music are you going to have for yes. us on this uh, October Sunday <laughs> afternoon? Don McLean, he was 78 recently at Jim, so we'll have a, a bye-bye Miss American Pie. Lovely, Don McLean. Let's, let's have it. A long, long time ago I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I'd deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside The day the music died And you're very welcome back. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and Local Media This Week, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. And there we had Don McLean with uh, the old classic American Pie, thanks to Pat. And we'll talk to Pat again before, or we'll ask Pat for something to play us out at the end. What do I see in the papers about um, blades from wind farms? John? Well... We wondered what the lifespan of the blades uh, would be. On average, we gather somewhere around 20 years. Does that fit with your figures? Yes. Somewhere. Which means there will be replacements. And... Uh, what are they made from, John? I think they're made from a type of plastic. Mm. You were, I think, thinking, was it a... Were they made of, no, of metal, steel? Yeah. Metal, are they? Yeah, yeah. Is it the same metal? Yeah, yeah, they're steel, yeah, yeah. They're steel. And can you not recycle them, like melt them? D- if they're metal, can you not melt them down? Well, you could, but but uh, what they propose, what, what we see in the article on the, cha- on the champion, is that um, uh, you have, what is the, the, the term for them? Re- reused. <laughs> reused. Repurposed. Re- repurposed. Repurposed, yeah. And examples were given of what, ca- what kind of end product could come from a repurposing, such as, for example, bridges, uh, pathways, and Liscanner to actual, uh, to your favourite spot, Tiffs uh, uh using them to outline and delineate the actual pathway. That's So it's open to the Mind, creativity, uh, the possibilities are endless. Yes. But the main thing is they can be turned to positive account for community. Yes. And they don't have to be shipped back to, to China. I think a lot of them will come, yeah. come from China, don't they? I suspect yeah. so, or Germany or somewhere. So that's, yeah. that's really the article on that. Um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And of course, it's reuse, re- yeah. recycled. Yeah, recycled. Okay. Uh, Pat. As the farmer amongst us, or the the one, he's a, re- he's a retired farmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, even as an ex-farmer, you'd appreciate page two of the Clare Echo, and uh, the goings on on an old fecal uh, farm. Yeah, a new life on the old fecal farm. For the first time in forty years, a calf was born on a fecal farm right following McMahon. Bash and Dan Shea farmed on the land in Maharaborn in fecal. 
They died in the 1990s and their last owned cow before them in, in the 80s. Now Paula Carroll and her family reside in the same land and over the weekend they experienced what could be described as a magical moment with a new life born on the farm on Friday for the first time. In four decades, Paula explained there has been no calf born on the fa- this farm probably for 40 years until today when this lovely 12-year-old Belgian blue Mammy gave birth to this little girl observed and without a bother in her. The neighbours were called and we stood and gazed and talked and felt blessed. All of us non-farmers in this place where farming is now a memory. Old places, new life, she remarked. And there's a lovely photograph there, there of the is, cow yeah. and, the, and the calf. Now, when Pat was reading that, the first sentence is, um, would might worry fecal people. Because the first sentence reads, for the first time in 40 years, a calf was born on a fecal farm. I'm fairly certain that calves are born quite <laughs> regularly on, on a fecal farm. And, but to reassure our fecal listeners, we're only talking about one fecal farm. And, and Jim, I think you have a little connection. Yeah, I, I saw that on Facebook uh, that Paula had. My uh, grand-aunt uh, was married to O'Shea. And uh, she was the the she, mammy in that house. She was the mammy, and and, and Dan and Bat would be her sons, or two of her yeah, sons. Yeah, um, and uh, she was my. They were they were sister. they were the last on that farm. They were, yeah, yeah they yeah, were. Yeah. And uh, as a as a youngster, I would have visited that farm a number, of, not often now, but a number of times. Dan and Bat, Dan particularly, would be regular visitor to our house. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, where the O'Shea's come from? I mean, it's not a, a, a name you'd associate with uh, uh, East Clare. With East Clare, no. It's more of a Kerry, yeah. Kerry name. I, I never established that. There you are. They would have Perhaps come from. By next week, you'd have established it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Minister Simon Harris uh, came to, to Scarif. Uh, <coughs> sorry, he came to Drewsborough. We'll <laughs> he came to Drewsborough to see the uh, Adult Education Centre, the Scarif Campus. It's titled, even though people would object to that. But anyway, it's it's not just for Scarif or for Tumgraney. It's for it all of East Clare. Mm, yeah. And uh, he he came bearing gifts, John. He did. In fact, last week, two ministers visited. Uh, the college. There must be something, and uh, the detail. The detail. We're all bursting to to know what exactly is it focusing on. The, what one can say about that is that is it is aimed at uh, equipping uh, men and women, boys and girls, with um, equipping them with the skills n- necessary for effective housing. Plumbing, engineering, okay, carpentry. Yeah. Um, and what is the minister giving? Money has been already allocated. Apparently, it's significant, but because it's it's gone to tender at the moment. What's uh, gone to tender? The the project, the actual. They're, they're planning extension. to build an extension. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Am I right in thinking, John, that because of the new buildings in the community college, yeah. that a number of buildings are now available? Absolutely, and the, the idea would mm. be to expand those buildings. That's the 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 um, uh, further education and training. What the FET, uh, as, as they call it, 
Yeah, What's and there's a building. Here? There's a building in front, which is a rather handsome building. Oh yeah, nineteen forty-one. Yeah, but and, and it's probably. I hope it's a protected structure. But there's a building behind it, which was part, which was being used by the, the by, by the. I went to school and, there. And and the metal room and the and the, yes. and, the, and, the, and the woodwork room were behind. Yeah, yeah that's the right. The rooms were the. You had um, you were down at the at, at the left when you look in the door. In yeah. On the right, you had the domestic science and yeah. the cooking and all that area, and then you had. Paul McMahon was the science in the middle. And down Not the to confuse, it's very important, Jim. Down the other one, John Kelly, you should be down in the other room, down the end, will you? I was. Will the new expansion or extension... It's got nothing to do with the just step out of line when we collapse down there. Yeah. <laughs> it just, will it connect all the old buildings? Is that the idea? Yes, it will, and expand. Apparently, there's significant capital allocated for the extension, extensions that will create this this purpose built. Aim that we'd be able in a, in a, perhaps in a, another week, we'd be able to know more mm. about what in fact is involved. But so it says here that um, this is the minister's speech. He's pictured there doing some painting, <laughs> some um, painting of some sort. Uh, it's not now the painting of houses that we were talking about earlier. It's more of the more of the canvas painting. Anyway, yeah. he says, the funding I'm announcing today is going to expand and add the number of courses available here in construction and engineering, as you said, John. These courses and their availability are crucial as they will help to meet the skills and lifelong learning demands locally. And we do know there's a massive shortage. Huge, huge. And uh, where it, it would lead to, would it lead eventually to a university, the technological university? Conceivably, yes. Mm, okay. Mm, mm. So it's a... It's, it's, um, and Part of a national building, uh, resurgence. Mm. Yeah, they're building a, a big extension to the uh, the, the University of the Shannon down in 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 in, in Kona there. Yeah, it's costing forty two million. Well, yeah. I don't know how much this is going to cost, but it's it's, it's we, we await the revelation with great, yeah, well, great well, There wasn't a figure attached no. to the minister's announcement no. because I think They're they need to, I mean, they don't want to commit to a figure when it is, before oh, they yeah. know what it's going to cost. When, when, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, so and of a, course, this radio um, station will be supporting the, the change of name to the Tomb Grainy um, Further Education uh, University. University. Yes. <laughs> He's smiling at that. <laughs> well, well, we will cover anything that's happening. Yeah. Um, and I suppose yeah. if you haven't heard it already over the weekend, uh, News Extra will be repeated at 4.30 this afternoon. And uh, they, we covered the, the minister's speech yeah. and yes. various others yes. that were yeah. there. And Parik has a story as well on, on, on page 8, uh, Jim, of the uh, Capital Investment for Scarf Campus. So uh, Luke would want to check up with him there to make yeah, sure he's getting yeah. his proper And <laughs> well, as, as he admits himself, he's not responsible for writing the headlines. So yeah. we, we, we will have to talk to the editor, in fact. Right? Yeah. We'll have to go that high. Okay, on a totally different topic, uh, we have the, I don't know what the correct word is, like the installation or the, the arrival yes. of, of a new uh, dean of um, Killaloo. Killaloo. Um, 
and he's Dr. Richard Marsh, who comes from Kilkenny, I gather. Yes, David. Um, and, and it's on the East Clare page um, of the Champion, which is covered by Dan Danaher. And he's being installed this evening. He is. This afternoon, even. The, uh, this afternoon. And um, mm. so they're using the term here, the introduction of the Reverend Canon Dr. Richard Marsh as priest in charge. Now, we're talking about the Church of Ireland. Not um, induction, no. Not induction, introduction. Um, as priest in charge of Killaloo and Castle Connell and his installation as dean. So there's a few different things going on yeah. because you are installed as a dean, but you might be introduced as a priest in charge. Mm. Um, and it is, as you say, it's it's at 5 p.m. this evening. Um, and the bishop, the bishop of the Diocese of Tume, Limerick and Killaloo, Michael Burroughs, will be doing the installation. So it will be quite um, an interesting thing to see a dean being installed. Um, and he has a large union of parishes, uh, five churches, St. Flannan's, obviously, the cathedral there in Killaloo, St. Caymans at Mount Shannon, St. Cronin's in Tomb Graney, All Saints in Stradbally, and St. Senans in Clonlara. So he has responsibility for quite a few um, churches. But um, it'll be, yeah. Well, be we, wish him, we wish him well. And I seem to have heard somewhere that he was active on the radio down in Kilkenny. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. we, we we'll explore that. And now we visited Radio Kilkenny there a couple of you weeks did. ago yeah. uh, just to have a look at them because they're a very sophisticated setup and, and you know, a, a very good community radio station. You but never um, know. We, we for, I forgot to, to bring his, mention his name when it's we were down there. Except yeah. for his wife, I'm going to live in the deanery in Killaloo. In Killaloo, it? yeah. Has anybody lived in the deanery for years? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we will please God welcome, welcome him uh, the best Dr. Wish, Marsh. Wish him the best of luck. Absolutely. Okay, Pat, the, the Foley family are mentioned uh, in the papers today. Um, I suppose looking back to last weekend, last Saturday night, we didn't, um, we didn't do as well as we'd hoped, but uh, yeah. they, 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 Anthony Foley was remembered as the, before the game started. Yeah, the, the, the Foley family, uh, proud of Paris Tribus and Dan Denner's story. Yeah, the, the team, we, we got we got knocked out and we were maybe expecting to win, maybe we were expecting too much, but anyway, we're out of it. But anyway, the members of the Foley family were proud of the Tribus. The Irish team paid to the former Munster head coach Anthony Foley to mark the 17th anniversary of his, of his unexpected passing in Paris on Saturday night. While Ireland exit at the quarter-final of the Rugby World Cup for the eighth successive time, left players and fans devastated. The extended Foley family in Killaloo will never forget the stance taken by the Irish team. As the New Zealand team lined up for the hacker, Ireland captain John S- Johnny Sexton and Peter Romani gathered the players in a huddle before they broke into the shape of number eight in what was a hair-raising moment. While the huge army of Irish fans cried, tried to down out the hacker with the fields of Western Rye, the Ireland, sp- Ireland players stood still with their hands down by their sides, accepting the challenge laid down to them. Yeah, and I suppose the, uh, the, the, the Foley, um, all, all the Foley and uh, the rest of the Foley family here in Kildo are playing tribute to the, the Irish team for their uh, remembering uh, Anthony Foley. Okay. The, I suppose, looking at um, two road stories in East Clare this week, uh, road subsidence down in Whitegate, 
Ditches. And I bet Pat Burke is in, involved, is he? Well, ditches and everything Pat looks after, <laughs> so I would imagine Pat will, yeah. will get that sorted. Yeah. But um, road subsidence. But in Quinn, then, uh, there's a call to resurface the main street. And does it need it in your last... Well, apparently it, 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 it will need it before next June. Ooh, now, what's happening in June that might uh, impact on... I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, anyway. There's a, a word about an election. Yes, the council <laughs> elections are on, I think, around the 7th of June yeah. next year. So, Well, well, uh, Councillor O'Callaghan is very quick out of the traps here. Fianna Fáil Councillor, of course, for the area, uh, for the Killanoo Municipal District. And um, like yourselves, he joked it would be great if the council could get this work completed in the first week of June. Mm. Not not the end of June, the first week of June, yeah. before the next local election. So um, we'll see uh, We'll see if the council authorities will facilitate yeah. him. But they, they, it says also here the council has outstanding works on the 2023 Roadworks programme and other key areas, including Tomb Graney, which is spelt incorrectly, um, uh, Main Street in Killaloo, Tulla Village, and O'Brien's Bridge Crossroads, he said. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, um, I think there's a, a mention there as well that the, 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 the tiny townspeople um, said that Quinn needed uh, road surfacing. And um, the council said that they'd, they'd be doing some repairs outside Crow Shop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it appears uh, Cyril Crow will be. We'll be, we'll be opposing uh, Alan in the, in, in the local, in the local election. election. So if they do uh, <laughs> the road works necessary in Quinn, who's going to get the credit? <laughs> it's it's yes. We'll just, we'll just wait for that story to develop. Yeah. Well, now, David, you're too young. Uh, Pat <laughs> and John and myself would certainly remember uh, Eamon Kelly, the Shanachie. Um, back in the day when, when in my father's time when the radio was the radio yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was no such thing as streaming or anything like yeah. that but now on page uh, 21 of the Clare Champion uh, you can now dial a Shanachie uh, and lines are open it says for the scanner based dial a Shanachie project it's, I know it's not East Clare but um, and it's our friend who who have we've done some work with here, the Clare artist John Lillis uh, will return with his Dial Shanaki project this autumn with six new stories, sounds and myths now available to callers. And are we doing work on that with them? Well, no, we're not on this project. Not no. But so what is the idea? You you phone you make yeah. a phone call and you get through to a Shanaki. Yes, you get through to an answering machine. I'd say. Mm. Uh, the answering machine service is a phone service would allow members of the public to listen to curated Irish folklore stories and it's Ruth Marshall who is involved yeah. who I, is I, very I don't well want known. to poo-poo it but because <laughs> oh God, maybe no. why Jim, would you do that? Well listen the young people of Ireland don't make phone calls anymore so I would say put on YouTube why don't you put it on YouTube or online or something mm. but the young, young people don't even phone themselves anymore you really? Know? No, they don't. No, no, they don't communicate that way. They text, I suppose. They text and they do all sorts of other things. But um, so you know, I it's my sure fair play to them, and let's see if it works. They but send I would, voice notes as well, maybe. They probably do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, listen. That's uh, so. Dyla Shaniki. It's on page. What did I say? Uh, Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Twenty-one of the third champions. So you can read all about it there. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we're coming into autumn as well, and Schlieve Auti are 
uh, rehearsing for their uh, pub theatre. Are they? And that's on page 13, they are. Yeah. And it's on in early November in Ryan's. In Ryan's. In Scarlet. We had great fun the last one. Last time, it's very it? popular, Jim. It, as you know, and as everybody around here knows, they they do a great job, oh, and it is very popular. Absolutely. So November, November tenth, tenth for pub. Uh, sorry, November tenth to twelfth at Ryan's Bar in Scarif. Yeah, the event will also feature Elysium Nevada, directed by Barry McKinley. The other play they're talking about there is Blue Suede Shoe, Blue Suede Blues, Blues, yeah. Blues. Yeah. bit of rock, <laughs> presumably. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So anyway, okay, a uh, couple of other things that we're looking at. Bunratty, Jim. 13, pardon? I mean, to alert uh, uh, people to what they, they're they organising for Halloween. In Bunratty. In Bunratty. Yes. Fabulous now. I mean, the children will literally love it. Two shows a day, um, early afternoon and later in the afternoon. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, there's no doubt at all about it. A lot of effort, a lot of creativity has been put into it. So, <coughs> do get to Bunratty hmm. with the grandchildren. Or even bring... Uh, maybe bring the grandparents. Uh, maybe. Yes. <laughs> the, I was talking to Michael, Michael uh, Grogan today, mm. and uh, he was ter- he's very much involved in, in that. And uh, he's, I know he's very busy all this week, mm. this past week. Um, yes. Getting getting it ready. We thought we might have had him for um, yesterday for, for Saturday Chronicle, but he's just and that's no. what he's he's actually tied up in. Yeah. But speaking of Halloween, before you go on, Jim, um, our, our correspondent from O'Callaghan's Mills has Who informed us. Be? I don't know. Twelve o'clock hills. The annual Twelve o'clock hills Halloween night walk will be held on controversially now on Friday, October twenty seventh. Oh, that was that a mistake? Oh, we'll have to sack the correspondent. I'd say <laughs> meeting at so it's Sunday, Jim. Well, it's 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 good that I raised this. So just Indeed. because people Indeed. might be confused. So it's happening, Pat, you're telling me, on Sunday the 29th 20, yeah, yeah. at 8pm. So it's in the middle of the night. It's 8 o'clock in the night. 8 yeah. o'clock in the night. Uh, uh, and meet at 7.45 at, at Belvoir Trailhead Car Park. Bring torches, it says. I'd say you'd certainly want them. <laughs> <laughs> Walking boots and warm clothes, yeah. yeah. Adult supervision for young children is required. Expect treats. What sort of treats might we be expecting? Well, there will be treats along the, the suppose, Yeah. Uh, and a, 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 a few fries as, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you want a few glasses. Made, made locally, no? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> made on the hills, on perhaps. The hills. That would be worth it, though. <laughs> that would be worth it. Pat, you were talking, uh, you mentioned at the break there about two county boards uh, in, in Clare. Um, well, how could two county boards come about? Well, you have the... You have the um, you have the Clare County finals on the between Crosheen and uh, Clonlara. Yeah. And um, there's a, an article here from John McCarthy. And um, Sunday's County final, when two tribes go to war, they're hidden. And it's page 16 of the sport and the, in the Clare champion. Sunday's County final between Clonlara and Crosheen is first. Is a first, and whatever happened can never have have a fallout as big as the most famous meeting a hundred years ago when Clonlara's father Michael Hamilton. And Crosheen Sean McNamara literally went to war, rise to Omar Hertig. It will be a, be a pity if Sunday's county final programme doesn't make reference to the greatest battle that was ever drawn down between Clonair and Crosheen. 
it's one that will never be allowed to grow old and probably never will, given that it, it never happened before or after and will more than likely never happen in the future either. Now, today, Miss might even agree on well, that I, one. I could ask you what, because we're going to run out of time. Can you, um, can you tell Why were there two uh, boards? Yeah. It happened yeah. 100 years ago. What happened was um, two, uh, we, we were up with that uh, in Cluny. Uh, two, um, the secretary of the Clare County Board was 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 um, shot by the Free State yeah. at the time. A hundred years ago. This year. Yeah, hundred years ago, and uh, his friend, a uh, neighbour of his, in the memory jail, and Sean Mac looked for um, uh, look for uh, what's it called to, to be. So, uh, at the at the meeting, a vote of sympathy. A vote of sympathy, yeah. Uh, at the meeting, and uh, Father Hamilton refused him, and he walked out. So they had words, and he walked out. Uh, Sean Mac from Crosheen walked out, and he went up and he set up a second county board, a new county board, and they ran. They ran. The two boards ran against each other for two years, and then they came together again after two years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was a sort of a civil war, sort of. It was split. a civil war. Yeah. 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 Um, nasty, yeah. nasty, but sure. Yeah, well, I would, I'd have, yeah, I, I'd like uh, maybe Federal Hamilton was a free state, or maybe he was. He should have. They should have. Okay, if if there was a vote of sympathy for someone that died, uh, it should have been accepted. Yeah, well, once he was and dead, it's in Pasadena. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget okay, the vote. We need. We need to finish, the folks. We're out of time. Just to mention uh, on page forty-five of the Clare Echo that uh, Dave Sullivan, who managed uh, Scarafogunlo a couple of years ago, yeah. he's moved to take over uh, the intermediate team in Offaly. Yeah. Um, and well, and I've no doubt he'll do well. And uh, Mark Rogers looks like he will um, get the top scorer award in, in, the, the, in the county the championship, championship yeah. this year. Anyway, listen, thank you very much uh, to everyone around the table. Thank you, John S. You're welcome, Jim. And Pat. Thanks, Jim. And David. Pleasure, Jim. And uh, Pat, have you something um, for us to play out on? Well, we'll finish off with uh, this. Will be another. This is one with a big long name, uh, Luke. <laughs> Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke with supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Okay, well, <laughs> can you can we spell that? I wonder. <laughs> Because someone has to write this down on the on the log of the program. Answers on a postcard to Scarif Bay FM, please. <laughs> Listen, thank you very much to everybody. Uh, we'll we'll see you, please God, next Sunday afternoon again at two o'clock. So from all of us here, thank you for joining us. Goodbye and God bless. Supercalifragilistic, expialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilistic, expialidocious Supercalifragilistic, expialidocious